Welcome back, Arizona podcast fans. We have a special podcast for this Wednesday's early signing period. We're going to be breaking down all the early commits with Gabe and Brandon after the intro. I've been patiently waiting for a track that's slowed on. You stun if you own in your ass and get rolled on. It feels like my flow's been hot for so long. Talk, 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 talk. Loud and proud with it. The Lord's blessings leave me lyrically inclined. Work your technique right here. Work your technique right here. Flawless technique. Flawless technique. There you go. I ain't even got to try to shine. We're going to practice today like we don't know nobody out here. Guards and seamstress that tailor fitted my pain. Oh, yeah. I see it, eh? I see the swivel in the hips today, eh? They about to feel it today, eh? I got scriptures in my brain. I can spit at your dame straight out the good book. Look. You got to get your hands on him. Dish raggy. Finish the play. 50 feet, no man, warrior. Sweet swords like Conan. Nice. There it is. There it is. Remember to follow Gabe and Cenas at Gabe underscore and Cenas and Brandon at U of A Bear Down 07. Also follow the, follow the podcast at Podcast Zona. Visit us on Facebook and uh, feel free to email us on uh, at the Arizona podcast at gmail.com. All right, gentlemen. So um, it's Monday night when we're recording this. Um, we have a lot of confirmations on uh, most guys signing early. Uh, last year, about 80% of the uh, recruits signed during the early signing period. So this will be the majority of Arizona's class. And uh, Kevin Sumlin and the rest of the, the coaching staff has been out trying to keep this class together. Um, tonight, we're going to start with the uh, defensive players and run down the list. How you guys been doing? I bet you've been excited about the uh, signing period coming up. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been actually really busy for both of us, rather, because, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, interviewing the kids, getting all the uh, – all the articles and profiles written up and ready to go. And, and then, you know, we're working on a special little project that we'll also be releasing on Wednesday. So it's been really busy. Yeah. I've been, uh, very excited for this, uh, upcoming week. It's just a very exciting time. And yeah, we've been, uh, trying to get ahead on all of the signing day articles and such. And Brandon's mentioned our uh, little project that we'll have out soon. And, uh, yeah, I'm ready to get rolling. Uh, that's what we call a teaser right there. So oh, yeah. we're going we're gonna to start out with uh, the defensive side of the ball tonight and uh, start with the guys that deserve uh, deserve to go first, and that's the, the big hog mollies, the, the guys closest to the ball. Right, let's start out with uh, Sylvain uh, Yondoin. Yon join. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, currently the highest ranked uh, recruit in the class at uh, 89 uh, stars. He's a six foot four, 232 pound uh, weak side defensive end. Guy that came out of Belgium. Um, doesn't have a ton of tape. Um, I saw his Spain uh, versus Belgian uh, game look like a collection of all stars there, uh, but not a lot of not a lot of film to go off on that one. But the highest ranked guy in the class. Tell us all about him. Gabe, you can go first on this one. All right. So uh, really the big mystery of the class, I guess you could say, um, since probably September, I feel like Bruce Feldman was one of the guys who was really on him about kind of his freak of nature um, spiel and such. And 6'4", 230, raw athlete out of Europe. Some people, a couple like close to the Europe recruiting network believe he's um, one of the highest ranked, if not one of the best prospects to ever come out of Europe and really just this freak of nature guy who could really probably put on 30, 40 more solid pounds and, uh, thrive into a college system at defensive end. Like you said, not a lot of film here. Then that's kind of what makes it a little bit more exciting just because, I mean, just a raw athlete, but really no football background per se, not a lot of tough competition there, uh, but just a, a really interesting piece here. and uh, Interesting offer list as well. He's had a lot of big time schools come after him. I believe Penn State and Georgia were at least in talks with him at some point, but offer list came down to Arizona, Georgia Tech, Cincinnati, UMass and then a couple others, uh, Temple Rice, uh, Virginia, another Power Five offer. Just really interesting. Really interested to see how he develops. He, the good thing, I, I'm not thrilled about this commitment just yet. I think there needs to be two things, or two things I'm worried about. One, 
getting him overseas, making sure that he enrolls and um, has all of his, uh, you know, citizenship stuff sorted out. And then two, just how much he can really adapt and translate into the Pac-12. You know, he's busting some, you know, JV type of competition out there. And so, you know, kind of wonder what's going to happen when he goes up against some Pac-12 tackles and such. But for me, I, I, I'm curious to see how 247 ranked him. Uh, he's one spot away from being a four-star. Literally, the top 380 this year uh, would classify as a four-star. He's at 381 um, last I checked. And so really interested about that. And Rivals actually has him unranked, so I think that's good on them. But again, I mean, just a really interesting piece here. The good thing, it's not like it's a junior college project where he only has three years to play two. Uh, he's got four years here, and I think you can definitely sit him out for a year. And that's really my rundown on him. Uh, I'm sure Brandon can add some more as well. Yeah, I mean, kind of like you have really um, – like his frame is one thing that really stands up to me in his – you know, being six four over two hundred uh, two hundred thirty pounds, rather, and like having the quick feet that he does and agility that he does that you see from his you know his workouts and stuff like that, and that actually translates over to um, the game film that, that uh, Dax alluded to with uh, Spain and, and Belgium. <clears throat> um, and one one thing I, I will say too, like he, his um, he has a surprising amount of uh, techniques in his repertoire that he uses in order to shed blocks. And I, I got to say for someone who doesn't have that much of a football background, I have to say that that's actually pretty impressive. Um, I'm assuming he gets that from, um, well, no, they don't actually do that in soccer. So yeah, I'm not sure where he got that from. Probably just having a high IQ. Um, I, I, I'm much like Gabe, this, this dude's a very, a, you know, real big mystery and everything like that. It's kind of exciting, kind of worrisome because, you know, he's coming from Belgium. You got, you know, acclimated over to the U S get enrolled, make sure everything's good to go. And then, uh, you know, hit the ground running kind of, or so to speak. So, um, you know, you always worry about how that's going to be, but I think if Gerhard De Beer can do it, I think that, uh, Sylvain can do it. Um, but, uh, I really like the base base set of skills that he has. I think that's, um, uh, he has all the the skills that Iona can use and actually hone and, and turn him into a very effective uh, defensive end in the Pac-12. Nice. Uh, let's move uh, down to the defensive tackles and let's uh, get the let's start with the non-JC kid in Kane Bradford. So let's talk about Kane Bradford, uh, one of the interior defensive linemen. He's a six foot five, two hundred seventy five. Uh, 24-7 composite has him at a, a 83-97 um, for his ranking. What'd you guys like about his tape? So the tape that we, you know, that I saw throughout the year, um, Skyline just kind of stopped putting it out about, I don't know, about midway through the season or so. But what, what I did see in the small amount, I did see, like, he definitely has grown his game has grown he's actually become more fine-tuned than he was as a junior you know as a junior you could tell very athletic moves fast for his size um and and you know has that that upside or whatever but uh he still has that upside it's still pretty high um you can tell that he learned a lot and and grew a lot you know during the off season and he actually used it to his benefit uh this past year um one thing i did notice i actually confirmed with him uh uh, through an interview, like his size is six five two nine. He's up to two hundred ninety five pounds, uh, and that's the kind of stuff that Gabe and I were um, hoping would happen. Is that he gained uh, about about thirty thirty five more pounds, and he's getting up to that level now. Uh, I very much believe that the start of the twenty nineteen season, he'll probably be over three hundred pounds. Um, but I, I like him. I think he could, he's a good project. Um, I'm going to say project that he's, he still needs to you know a little bit of fine tuning. Um, I can see him redshirting his freshman year and then playing as a redshirt freshman and, and playing a lot as a redshirt freshman. I think he's very, very talented and he definitely has um, definitely has a, a future in, in Tucson. Yeah. I think if you go into it, just knowing that he probably needs a year to potentially develop here and, yeah, I think that sweet spot for him is going to be about 310 pounds or so when all is said and done. But, I mean, he's an athletic kid. 
uh, looks better on. I mean, last he's still new to football. I think he started maybe the eighth grade or freshman year, um, and so is really just still kind of learning to an extent. And I think that a red shirt will definitely serve him well. He's definitely another interesting prospect here, but I think what you have on the defensive line right now, you can afford to take him uh, as a one-year project. You've brought in uh, some junior college guys that can help groom him as well. So I think he's a good piece uh, to start with on the defensive line. Uh, He has a a Baylor and Navy offer as well. So, um, you know, he's got some other notable offers as well. All right, you guys uh, want to move on to those two uh, community college guys that are coming in. Um, we knew that um, the the Wildcats and Kevin Sumlin were going to be targeting some JC guys to fill in both on the offensive line and the defensive line. Um, before we get into the details on Miles, uh, what is it? Tapu, tapu, Tapusoa. Tapasoa and uh, Trevin Mason. Um, do you see this as being a, an ongoing um, uh, area for uh, Kevin Sumlin, or is this more just a stopgap and he'll get back more to recruiting his his offensive and defensive linemen out of high school? I actually see this as something that uh, someone can use to his advantage because I mean, you bring in like one or two, uh, two co guys on the offense or defensive line. And actually it's kind of a good thing because they're kind of plug and play. They can actually, you know, st- you know, play right from the get go. And that allows the younger guys that they're bringing in, you know, like Kane Bradford, um, you know, not Salunga from last year, um, Mikey Irving, all those guys, like it allows them, you know, gives them an opportunity to, you know, possibly get some reps in the game, but not have to be, you know, the coaching staff doesn't have to be rushed to put them into the game because they already have, uh, you know, guys that can play and that allows those younger guys to develop. So I, I can see him continuing to use it to help develop his younger guys and not just fill, fill gaps, but um, just keep the level of the defensive line play, uh, where it is, or even, um, excuse me, or even, um, you know, in, in, in this case, I think it's actually going to help the defensive line and make them better. Yeah. I think this is a position where it's definitely nice to have those defensive linemen that are already full grown and have been in a college system already. And they're just a lot more mature and ready to go. And especially when you have two, or I guess just a younger defensive line in general, uh, like Brandon has said, with Mike Irving in particular, even Nahi Salonga, you're able to help mold them. You're also just able to get some guys that you might like more because all these guys are still Rich Rod guys. So, you know, we've seen, you know, Curtis Brown didn't see a whole lot of playing time. Sione Tafuhima uh, announced he was transferring and then deleted his tweet, and he's probably gone next season. But just we don't really know exactly where a lot of the rich rod guys stand. So the Juco guys kind of get that immediate push in. And then you have two projects like Sylvain or Kane who uh, can kind of learn from that. And I think it'll be a good balance. And I think it is a position where you could probably take a Juco guy, you know, every year or so, depending on, on where you stand in depth. And that's something I wouldn't mind. Yeah, it also kind of seems like it's, you know, as it relates to Brandon's sort of consistency point, it's kind of a a perpetuating thing. Like, you know, if if you're going to have a couple scholarships open because you've had a couple guys leave after, you know, they're around for three to play two or around for two to play one, you know, you're going to have to replenish that. You're going to have to, you can't just have that gap where you've got, you know, five freshmen and then, you know, nothing in between. So it seems like it is a reasonable, position to take advantage of that not only based on the maturity and the size and the development but the relative rarity of the position and i've said this before i think tommy you know really made a lot of his success by uh, mining the junior college ranks even though i've typically mock asu for doing so so um we'll have to see how that goes for someone going forward so let's start with uh miles um he's uh six foot three three hundred twenty five pounds um uh an 84.67 um, ranking on the um, on the um, 24/7 composite index. Um, also had offers from Oregon and Houston, Idaho, and New Mexico. What do you guys think about his film? 
he's a bulldog. I, I think that this is a huge get um, for Kevin Salon and his staff, and I, I really believe that Iona has done a phenomenal job with him. Um, I remember when uh, the uh, Oregon offer came in, that doom and gloom feeling came over everyone, and every one of us, I know it did, because we all talked about it. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I chatted with him last week, and he's a really, really sincere kid, and it was actually, um, you know, not gonna, not gonna do anything to like hurt his relationship with Iona, and not gonna do anything to, to really hurt anyone. He really was like mulling over his options, and I can understand that for real, like especially since he's got you know Oregon State coming after him, Oregon, uh, a bunch of other schools that had talked to him and trying to trying to pull him or whatever, but. Um, you know, confirmed he is actually signing with Arizona this Wednesday. And I 100% believe that this is a huge get. Uh, he, he will be playing day one. There is no doubt in my mind. Um, uh, and this is the type of guy that, that Iona was brought in to, to get. So this, this is a huge victory from, in my opinion, I think someone that can, that is going to help rather immediately. Yeah, I love this commitment. Um, he was kind of on the radar for a while, and you were kind of waiting for that commitment. But just really, I think he's honestly one of it. Th- I think he probably is Arizona's most complete recruit here. And just in terms of everything that you want, he has a size at 6'3", 325. I think he is probably even a little bit bigger, um, depending on what Brandon has confirmed. But Yeah, he's 6'3", 330. Yeah, so so got it a little extra weight there. But I really like it. I think he's a really complete player. He's got some good speed for his size. He's got the power. I think he's got a lot of different moves in his skill set that could make him probably better. And especially after what Coach Iona did in a year just with P.J. Johnson, I think that he has the potential to be even better than him next year. I do think he starts next year at some position. Uh whether PJ is here or not, or plays end or tackle, I think that Miles has a place on the starting lineup next year. I really like the commitment. I liked it at the time, and it was nice to see that Oregon goes in just to kind of validate that. Uh, and it could be because Oregon, Oregon is loading up on their own class, and so for them to to go after him when they're closing in on such a great class, I think it shows that talent that he has. Yeah, his athleticism is really nice. He's he's got that stocky sort of square build, and he seems light on his feet, and he's all over the field. Um, it's interesting you mentioned the position, Gabe. Uh, you know, it, it seems like with having moved uh, PJ to the end um, and Bowles to the nose tackle, hopefully he can come in and fill that nose tackle position and keep uh, PJ if we keep him. Hopefully at the end, because that was a real nice combination last year. For sure. I'll say one thing, too, is that, you know, with Miles being, you know, 330 pounds, if you saw the um, the in-home visit that Kevin Sumlin and, and Marcel Yates and Iona did with him uh, when he posted this weekend, it was Friday, it's not bad weight. If you actually look at him, that, he is built like a, like, a, like a brick wall, and, man, uh, he's in great shape. Yeah, I know. There's a, there's a scene where he rushes on the outside, and the quarterback tries to throw a, a little bubble screen, and he jumps up and knocks the ball down. Like, you know, it's pretty impressive for a dude. It looks like a basically like a brick standing out there. He's so square <laughs> built. But that body that body type's hard to come a come by with uh, the concomitant uh, athleticism, and so uh, he's got it, and he's got it in spades. And it, it's just interesting you, see, you think about like Kane's uh, Bradford's film, you know, being younger, um, needing some more time, a little taller, a little lighter, not quite as as square build, but he looks. Um, he, you know, he, he looks more like kind of like a deer just getting on his feet. He doesn't quite, you know, know what to do out there yet to where uh, Miles, I think, has a much more natural uh, athleticism at this point in his career. So you can see how the development has uh, paid dividends uh, with time for him. Uh, all right. So let's move on to uh, Trevor Mason. Um, he is a six foot four, 285 pound uh, uh, defensive tackle coming from uh, Navarro College. Uh his uh, 24-7 ranking is, you know what, I don't have one on here. Why don't I have one? It's like 84, I think. No, I don't 
Yeah, 84.0, my bad. It wasn't on my link there. And um, he's coming to Arizona. He had uh, offers from uh, Southern Miss. And um, did he get an offer from Nebraska? He did. Oh, nice. That's pretty solid. What do you guys think about his film? Well, the fact that he's listed at, what would you say, 6'4", 6'4", But those, that's, you know, on the websites, it's just so yeah. right, right? That's what I'm saying. That's, that's cute because I confirmed with him he's 6'7", 305. Yeah, and, I mean, he's uh, not even in the ballpark. That is size that any person with a brain would attempt to go after. Um, he's... I mean, I don't, I don't ever remember Arizona having a defensive lineman that size or you know that big ever. I don't, I don't ever remember that. But when, when's the last time we had three, three hundred pound plus defensive linemen coming in one class? That, that would be, that would be three classes if we were lucky. Yeah, exactly. I don't even remember that. But he's, he's actually like uh, Trevin. Um, it's so funny because you see him, you know, when you see him on his film. Um, he looks like he's moving in slow motion, but he's actually not. And it's just because of just the immense size that he, that he brings. He's actually kind of quick for his size. Um, his footwork can use a little bit of, little bit of work, but um, I mean, overall, I, I like, I, I think he's a, another great, uh, another great addition to this class. Um, you know, once, you know, he needs to work on getting his, uh, the explosiveness, uh, ex- sorry, explosiveness off of the snap. But as soon as he starts engaging his man, he's pretty quick and, and, and can get around him quick, fast, in a hurry or through him. Uh, so he's just another another good addition to this uh, this uh, this class. And I can see him kind of like PJ. I can see him either at defensive end or uh, or even just defensive tackle. So um, he's someone I think can also uh, see the field uh, right away. Yeah, at first I wasn't overly thrilled about him but then just watching his film and then seeing his size he's incredibly long at 6'7 and 310 or 305 wherever he is and like Brandon said I feel like he can play any position on the line we saw what uh, Iona did with PJ he moved him out to end I think he's I think he's very fast for his size uh, probably more light-footed than yeah, probably light for, more light-footed than any of the other D-line commits. I think you could play end. I think you can play tackle or nose, really anywhere. And I think it's a it's a pretty solid pickup now. And, and he's a well-rounded player. And I think I mean he'll he'll definitely get in the mix next season. But uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly how much he gets in there. But one that I wasn't too high on, but now over time and watching his film, uh, I definitely like what they bring here. Yeah, I think at that height, you know, you probably want to keep him outside and allow him to rush outside and, and get his hands up and, and get that height. That's six seven, you know, I, I don't see him getting pushed pushed in that far. And so I would think he, you know, he's more likely to be on the outside there. And in, in Yates' system, I mean, that almost puts him, at, you know, at that that spur type position, right? Or am I am I reading that wrong? No, that put he'd he'd be DN kind of like where JB and um, uh, Jalen Cochran were uh, this year. So outside the tackle, then. Yeah, so like he'd yeah. be out of the you know the four linemen counting the stud, uh, he'd be the actual defensive end. Yeah, that, I'm sorry, that's what I meant to say, stud, not spur. But you don't you don't think he'd be spread out even more like that just in a, in a pass rushing mode because you got I, I agree with you guys he's not particularly quick but he's like fast right like he takes two steps and he's in the backfield right yeah yeah it, his yeah and that's why I don't think he can that's that's why I don't think that he would make a good stud just because he doesn't have the explosiveness off the snap you know kind of like Jalen uh-huh. um, or even some of the other guys that we're going to talk about uh, a little bit later but. Um, yeah, I just see him as a defensive end, maybe even getting into defensive tackle. Really? Yeah, because almost all his film, he's really he's spread out really far outside the, the tackle. I just think it's interesting, but he could probably get away with that a little more in junior college then, huh? Yeah, yeah. All right, so that covers all of our uh, defensive linemen. Let's uh, let's move to the linebackers. Um, let's. Uh, you guys want to start with Quibena Watson? Yeah, I'll let I'll let Gabe start this guy. All right, so Gabe, we got Quabena Watson. Um, 
so, um, Brandon, if you got up to date uh, stats on uh, height and weight, just shout them out when I shout out the the recruiting sites number so that we can keep everybody up to date on that. So cool. he's listed at six three two zero five. His twenty four six three six three two ten two ten. His twenty seven twenty four seven composites and eighty six point one four offers from Fresno State, LSU, Mississippi State, Nevada. Pretty impressive list. Go for it, Gabe. Yeah, at the time uh, back in June, I feel like his process, I mean, really kind of happened quickly. This was a must land. You ha- you got him on campus. He's, uh, in my opinion, a top 500 player. He has offers to LSU, Mississippi State, Oregon, USC, Ole Miss, uh, a lot of elite programs that are turning out defensive ends as well, or defensive ends outside linebacker, edge rush guys, I should say. Um, and somehow they managed to pull it off and they landed him. And uh, I think this kid's a beast. And I think, I don't think that Arizona has a player like this on their roster where he has such raw athleticism, size, power, and speed, uh, all put together. I think it creates such a hall of talent that that edge spot you have, Kylan Wilborn, who was pretty hit or miss this season, and Jalen Harris uh, has really evolved into a nice stud there. Uh, and you have Quibena. I think he could definitely push as a freshman. Uh, you would like to see him get his weight up a little bit uh, from 210, but, man, he's just a freak of nature. And just uh, there wasn't a whole lot of film on him this year. Edison wasn't too great. They weren't great on um, – uh, was it Mackenzie Barnes last year out of Edison? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think he ever even put up senior film. So I've got beef with that school, but, but that I, helps to hide them. Right. Gabe. I mean, that's yeah, not all bad. Yeah. Yep. That is true. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a super rare player and I think he's going to be a good one in Arizona. Yeah. His athleticism yeah. really pops like his special teams film is pretty impressive. One thing I really love about Kobena is being 6'3", 210. Uh, I've never seen anyone handle offensive linemen like he does coming off the edge. It, it very much actually kind of reminds me of Jalen Harris in a sense. Um, he's like a Jalen Harris 2.0. Um, I can actually see the stud position in the future, like even next year, if, if Kobena has a really good uh, fall camp. I could see it as uh, Jalen Kobena. And then actually moving Kylan over to defensive end. And I know Gabe and I have talked about this. You know, you can get J.B. Brown and, and then Kylan Wilborn over on the defensive end. That would actually wouldn't be too bad. But uh, that's just how special, uh, you know, Watson is. He's just, I mean, seeing him come off the edge and he engages a lineman head on and just blows through him um, that quick and then is in the backfield in like a second. Um, you know, either – jumping up and smacking the ball down or trying to dis or disrupting a passing play or just straight up hammering a running back or what have you. Uh, he's just, uh, I mean, it's, it's really hard to explain. It's just, you watch him and you, you're just in awe with, with how, you know, special of a talent he is. I think this is a complete and utter steal by uh, John rushing and, and Marcel Yates. So you think Kylan can add that much weight, huh? I think it's possible. He's, you know, he he had bad weight on this year. Um, if he can actually get it together, yeah. I mean, that's why he was so slow, right? Anyone else notice he looked kind of slow? Yeah, he had a, he struggled out of the gate, that's for sure. But but Kylan still has that talent and everything. You know, you can't deny that. Um, so I think that he would. Uh, you know, you throw in uh, you know Kylan with Jalen Cochran right behind JB Brown, and I think you actually got a pretty good. Uh, uh, defensive end slot, and there's another reason why I say uh, you know Watson and Harris uh, for stud because there's another commit that we're going to talk about here shortly that is coming in at stud that uh, that can also push for playing time. So, all right, so let's uh, let's talk about is it Darian? Yep, Darian Clark. Darian Clark. Uh, so I, I've got six one two fifteen. That's about right. I haven't been able to confirm. All right, uh, 82.69 um, on the 24-7 composite. Um, not the most impressive list, us and uh, Alabama A&M, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, Jackson State, Northwestern State. What do you guys think about his film? I, I love Darren Clark. 
I talk about I, I talk about it almost every podcast really how much I love Darren Clark that's super, super underrated in my opinion I don't care what anyone says I really legitimately believe it's his, his size that is why he doesn't have more offers but this kid can flat out play the linebacker position he very much reminds me of Colin Schooler 2.0 Scooby Wright 3.0 um, he's just he has a really high football IQ he reads plays very well and as soon and he it doesn't take him very long to read the play and then he reacts I saw him cover, man, what was it, Gabe, like 10 yards in a second and just level a dude. And, I mean, ugh, I, can't wait for, I can't wait for him to come in. He's one of my favorite commits in this class. Yeah, so I think this is where – I mean, I, it's not that I don't – it's not that I disagree, but – uh, for me, the way I look at it, I, and he's ultra productive. He's two-time All-State, probably going to be three-time All-State. Not sure when Texas decides to do their rankings or all of their award banquets and such with the All-State, uh, at least. Um, but yeah, just a super, uh, I, I don't know, just ultra productive, but it's got to just be a size. I, I really wonder if he'll be six one. Um, you know, not that, you know, the difference between a six foot and a six foot two linebacker is going to, you know, make or break a kid. But I don't know. I, I, for me, I do like his film. He is very quick to react. I think if you're comparing him last year to Isaiah Johnson, uh, a kid who I really loved, I still love Isaiah Johnson, but not a Kevin Sumlin kid. That was a rich rod guy who committed pretty early in the process. So you might give the nod to Clark here. Um, but for me, I kind of struggle. Like I, I look at it in the sense of I'm not so comfortable with him being like a future starting middle linebacker, kind of my, my lead guy on defense there. Um, and that's kind of my take on it, but I do think he, he he's very good depth uh, for the future. Um, the offer list, it is interesting because South Oak cliff has, uh, quite a few other, um, uh, I'd say like they probably have three or four kids with power five offers and, uh, you know, so they're coming out to the schools, but Clark is getting no love here. So it is interesting, especially with his accolades. I mean, he's been all district defensive player of the year, two time, all state. Um, and for whatever reason, some of those two time, all state kids, uh, when I looked this past season, I mean, they're barely getting offers to air force and, uh, you know, Alabama state and all of those small schools there. So it's interesting. And I, I think he will play. I think he will do well at Arizona, but for me right now, I'm not, he's not someone I'm totally thrilled about. It's interesting. So are you thinking he's like five ten, or you, you think, I, they're, I think they're putting I think him on a box probably, when they weigh him? I think he's probably about six feet pushing six feet. Okay. I, I, yeah. Because really, I mean, I, I'm I just have a hard time. I mean, I don't know what else would be holding him back. I mean, I, I unless it's just severe grades and such. But I mean, just the kid with his production and all his accolades, it's uh, it's pretty interesting to see how his recruitment process has just flown under the radar. Which, like I said, I mean, being even six foot to six two, I don't think that makes or breaks a kid. It certainly helps, but all right. just very odd recruiting process for him i'd say well he certainly got a lot of motor um now he played all over the place what do you guys think about his position versatility i think that's key in college i actually think it's key to every level i mean look at sua cravens and miles jack and stuff like that you know so i mean i that can only help him so he's listed inside linebacker is that where you see him playing brandon yeah, I see him kind of like uh, – actually kind of see him like – yeah, I kind of see uh, – so like, you know, Anthony Pandy backs up, um, you know, Tony Fields. You know, Jake Colasione got in uh, this year. Uh, I see Clark eventually uh, being, you know, starting out as the backup middle linebacker. And then, you know, once – there's no doubts. I, I really do believe Schooler is NFL potential, I mean, with the way that kid plays. So, yeah. uh, but I, I see, you know, the future middle linebackers as Isaiah Johnson and Darian Clark. Oh. And Gabe, do you have any th- strong thoughts on his position? Oh, I think, I think he's best at uh, inside uh, on the, in the middle. Um, but I do think that, you know, he could be a weak side backer. Um, 
he even played defensive end or tackle last season quite a bit. A little too small for that at the Pac-12 level, but uh, and even if he does put on 40 pounds, but yeah, I I like him at inside. I think he has the instincts to play inside, Um, but I mean, his his size could definitely just move him to outside uh, naturally. So it's interesting. He doesn't seem big enough to move to um, to to the to the stud. And he probably doesn't have the range to be a weak side. So it's really inside and maybe a strong side for him, right? Or am I reading that wrong? Or is it too early to decide? I mean, it's. I don't think you're reading it wrong. But at the same time, his speed makes up a lot for his size. So, I mean, he could he could do a weak side backer because, I mean, Anthony's six foot two twenty six two thirty something like that. So so you can see he, him at weak. Yeah, I, I can at, at the okay. same time, but I I think that he mainly be Mike Backer. Okay. Um, all right. So you guys want to move to the cornerbacks or the safeties next? Well, we actually got one more linebacker with Eddie. Oh, Eddie, oh, you're gonna put Eddie on there. You're not gonna put him with safety. All right, let's do he's, Eddie. Yeah, he, man, he's, he's not a safety. <laughs> he's not a safety. All right. So uh, six two two ten, Brandon. Six six three two twenty five. Whoa, that is beefy. Uh, 24-7 composite, uh, 81.54. Um, committed to Arizona with offers to Oregon, USC, Utah, Arizona State. And uh, and anytime we take someone away from Arizona State, that's a good thing. Uh, what would you guys think about him? I know what you guys think about him, but go ahead and tell us. <laughs> yeah, so, Gabe and I will both agree he's probably one of our favorite commit to this class as well. We, we wholeheartedly believe that if he was in, if he was playing in Los Angeles or even in the Inland Empire, he would have been a high three-star, even maybe a four-star. He's, he's just an absolute beast. Um, you know, like I, I remember seeing, uh, you know, you see his sophomore highlights as, as a safety and you're like, okay, kid, this kid's got some ball skills and everything like that. And then his junior film came out, I'm, excuse me, with him, uh, you know, growing, He's probably about 6'3", 215 at that time, or 6'2", 215. And uh, you saw him coming off the edge, and, you know, as, as a rush rush backer and just absolutely destroying offensive linemen, destroying the uh, quarterback, blowing up plays in the backfield. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this kid is very under-recruited, uh, very loyal to Arizona. I absolutely love talking to this kid. Um, he's an absolute joy to talk to. Um, so that's a plus, but man, uh, he's, he's just, uh, I don't think I can say enough good things about Eddie. Actually, he's just an absolute stud literally. <laughs> yeah, I, I really love this commitment. And I think out of all the commits, I mean, based on where two, four, seven and kind of the composite in the industry has him, I think he is the most underrated recruit, um, out of all of the commits, me personally, I think he's probably a top 1,000 kid at least. Like Brand said, if he played even in Phoenix, I think he would even be inside the top 13 or 1,400. And Phoenix doesn't get a whole lot of love in the recruiting scheme of things. But uh, for me, I love his film. I think he is a tremendous athlete. He could honestly play. Uh, he could probably play defensive end. He could probably play stud, weak side probably bandit and spur if he wanted to i think he can play all over the field and i think this is just easily one of arizona's best commitments and uh, i mean he's going to be making plays and uh, it is it is interesting because we brought up uh quibena uh at the stud and so we've mentioned uh kylan wilborn and jalen harris now you have eddie here uh, it, it's pretty crowded there. And so you kind of wonder who exactly is going to get into the rotation in the next few years. The position set uh, for quite some time now. Um, but I mean, you definitely, I, I could see Eddie moving around because he's just that athletic. I don't think it's just lack of skill or maybe he beats out Quibena and Quibena moves. I, there's, there's a lot of moving pieces that could happen there, but I mean, Eddie can play anywhere. So I think he could, definitely move position somewhere else. I mean, he's just a absolute freak. Yeah. He's really packed the pounds on. I mean, you know, he's been listed, you know, 
some of his earlier film, he was only about 190 pounds. And what'd you say he was now? He's 225. Good gravy. So you guys think he could get all the way up and play stud, huh? Uh, with, without a doubt. Wow. And he's only he can he Go can ahead. add more dude, he can add more muscle and be like I can see him, no kidding, by the start of the season, probably be somewhere hovering around two thirty five 240. And you don't think it would behoove him to stay at like a weak side linebacker or like a, a spur uh, type position with all his previous experience um, in the secondary? I can't see that, but at the same time, his his aggression that he like that's that's something you want as a rusher, you know. Okay. Gabe, any thoughts there? I mean I know you did mention uh, it quite a bit, but anything you want to add on? Yeah. No, I mean, I think he can he can play at a lot of different positions, and I think he'll be good wherever he is. Uh, he's the guy I'm not too worried about. It's not like he's uh, kind of a a niche position at all, or you know, I, I think he's just so athletic he can play anywhere. And it is interesting. One thing I was um, going through some of like his Arizona photos from his uh, he's taken unofficials twice now and an official once um and just seeing like his body progress even just from the past year uh he's definitely toned up and added some pounds and uh it's really a big noticeable difference from what let's see his visit was april 11th to just his most recent official visit uh this past weekend or the weekend before uh weekend before yeah yeah yeah, I mean, he was listed at 6'1", 189. He looked like a little bean pole out there playing in the secondary. So he's really he's really hitting the, the weight room hard. All right, well, let's uh, let's move over uh, to safeties, and we'll save cornerbacks for last. Uh, so let's uh, talk about Jackson Turner. Um, I'm just pulling up his tab now, and it is taking forever to load. So uh, 6'2", 175, Brandon? He's pushing probably about 180, 185 now. Okay, so one of the guys is actually close to his listed numbers. Uh, 24-7 composite, 85.65 uh, offers to Arizona State, Boise State, California. You know, I mean, I might be, like, a little bit historically biased here, but whenever I see Boise State, it, it always makes me feel good because I feel like the odds of us snagging people away from USC and UCLA and, and, and while we've saved, we've snagged some from Oregon – and you, and you want to go to head-to-head with those guys, especially with Kevin Sumlin. Um, to me, that's kind of the group you got to try to get at, that, that group that's been shown to be successful. Um, and, and I think Cal's one of the up-and-coming programs in that regard. So uh, to me, that offer list is maybe a little more impressive than some people might take it on the surface, but that might be my personal bias. And we beat out at Arizona State, so some more good news there. What would you guys think about uh, his film? Gabe, I'll let you start. He's my favorite commit of this class. <laughs> um, I, I mean, for me, I just kind of have this thing for safeties. It's been, uh, gosh, Christian Young, Scotty Young, Paul McGlure, Tristan, Tristan Cooper. Cooper yeah. Uh, yeah, I skipped a year there. Um, so, yeah, this will make five years in a row where my favorite commit is a safety now. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I guess that's just kind of my thing, but I absolutely love him. This guy's just a playmaker. Six two. What did you say? One eighty six. When he's about one eighty, maybe one eighty five. One eighty, one eighty five. Sure. Um, so I mean, he's definitely got some room to pack on some weight too. But I think this kid's just an athlete, and uh, really curious to see what safety position he comes in at. Uh, my guess would maybe be Bandit, but I mean, you can—they're all pretty interchangeable. I think he has. The range to play free as well uh like you said dax i think it's a it's a very impressive offer list i always like seeing asu and utah as two offers yeah, i that's think a you, good point with utah absolutely especially you, on defense. I think, yeah yeah especially on defense and i mean they're able to evaluate guys so well and send guys to the league develop them so i think utah is always a school to look at when it comes to offer lists I mean, he's he's got it all. I think he he's got the length at six two. He's got some speed, um, just some ball skills to fifty fifty balls. He's going to come down with those. Uh, you know, as much as I like safety, Arizona is just extremely dense at that position. There's so many guys there. Easily the most um, the most populated group there. But 
at the same time, I think uh, probably overall throughout this summer, Arizona missed on two or three safeties, uh, but Jackson Turner was always the one that you kept your eye on, and I think he's the best safety prospect that Arizona had offered at the time. And uh, actually, Brandon Joseph, who picked, was it Texas Tech? No, he so he decommitted from Texas Tech recently, and he just, yeah, just Northwestern. To, yeah, it's Northwestern. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was one guy who we thought. Uh, who was the kid that went to Colorado instead? Like three of them went to Colorado. Oh, uh, yeah. Don Chapman was one, and Don Mark Chapman. Perry. Yeah, Mark Perry. There we go. Uh, and I think Don Chapman's at like Wazoo now. Um, but yeah, I think Jackson is the most complete safety. Uh, that they offered he is the best one that they have and i'm super excited i think he's like a top 500 kid and i think at one point in the rankings he was in the top four he was at well i mean when he first got entered he was 216 and he went as high as 184 um and that was uh almost a year ago so almost a year ago he was 184 and now he's dropped uh, just outside the top 1,000. So uh, interesting to see that. 247 Sports themselves have him as 536. So uh, pretty interesting to see that range. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with everything that Gabe said. He's he's just a dynamic playmaker. Uh, he plays basketball as well for Rancho Verde High School. And uh, that actually helps him a lot on, on the football field, uh, so much so that his uh, his ball handling skills and his ability to read uh, where the ball is and time his jumps and all that good stuff is just on par and it's just ridiculous. He makes crazy plays on the ball, whether it just be getting a finger on it to tip it away, uh, smack it down, grab it for an interception. Um, There's that play where the fumble's bouncing around on the ground. He like dives and catches the ball off the ground. Yeah, just just ridiculous stuff like that. Uh, you you don't see that very often from from a high school kid who's a three star, a mid three star at that. So um, yeah, I just, I mean, Gabe pretty much covered it. I, I this dude is this dude's gonna be a, a, a crazy playmaker. Um, I think he's actually slightly better than Scotty because uh, Scotty's quick and fast and, and has really good you know ball skills as well. I think Jackson's gonna be just that step above, you know, just one step above them whenever, you know, all said and done. Do you guys see him more at free? I can, with the speed. Yeah. I can see that happening and the ball skills. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he could play any of them. Um, yeah. Band and free are what I would see him as more likely. Uh, the only reason I say bandit or I like him at bandit is just because, there are quite a few free safeties or guys who can play free safety. So I feel like Bandit is naturally kind of the weaker position and he's someone who can fill that role. But I mean, free, yeah, he's got all the skills. Yeah, maybe get him on the field a little sooner and then he can transition over to free. Yeah, that as well. That's it. All righty. Let's see here. I think we can move to the cornerbacks now, huh? Yeah. All sure right. You can. All right, Mo Gaines. So let's see here. I should be mentioning his high school. So uh, St. Thomas Moore, uh, 6 one and a half, 185, Brandon? 6'2", 195. All right, so not a huge change. Uh, 83.36 uh, offers to Arkansas, Baylor, Cincinnati, Georgia Tech. It's interesting. We're going, <coughs> we're going head-to-head with Georgia Tech for a lot of guys. It turns out that we are running the triple option. What you guys uh, think about Mo Gaines? Uh, he's he's locked down. He's a lockdown corner, um, and uh, I think that because he played, you know, in Connecticut at a prep school and everything, like that's why he dropped in the rankings. But he is a lot better than his ranking suggests. Um, I remember when uh, when the offer came in, I wasn't sure what to what to expect, so I, I watched his film and. I was just kind of thinking to myself, I was like, man, he actually might be pretty good. And then Gabe, I think like a couple days later, was just like, hey, man, this like Maurice Gaines dude's pretty awesome. And then we just start talking about it, and then we fell in love with Maurice Gaines, and you know, here we are. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he, he's he's kind of another one of those players, kind of like Jackson, that you know he can play man to man coverage, and you don't really have to worry about him. Um, 
because he's going to make a play on the ball more often than not, um, or or just shut his receiver down, uh, whether he makes a play on the ball or not. And a lot of his film, uh, the little that there is, you can see him boxing out his receiver and pushing him towards the sideline uh, without touching him, obviously. And then, um, you know, the ball sailing overhead or like the quarterback can't make the throw or uh, what have you. Um, there were a lot of instances you see him locking down his receiver and the quarterback just won't throw his way. So uh, his stats may not be the best, uh, but that's just because how, you know, just shows how well he locked down his receiver. So um, future number one, Arizona corner, corner. I 100% believe that. So a really good pickup in my opinion. Yeah, so now that well, now that I'm thinking about it, I did say that Eddie was the most underrated guy on this commit list, but Mo Gaines is certainly up there for me. He's ranked just outside of the top 1500. I think he's probably a top 800 kid uh, for whatever. I mean, he's picked up some big time Power Five offers, and he's only dropped in the rankings. I think the highest he was was like 1096, perhaps, and now he's dropped 500. But uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma State, Texas, a lot of these big South Carolina, a lot of these bigger programs coming after him late, and he really had no interest. Like even even when he was just rolling an offer after offer after offer, I think in October he probably picked up ten to twelve offers, and has been with Arizona the entire time. Great height probably six two ish um once he's here he has had a year to develop uh physically now that he went to prep school he was missing a class i believe and so that's why he went to prep school uh rather than going to juco juco will start your eligibility clock prep school will not but you're playing against math competition um didn't see a whole lot of film another school that i'm not too fond of when it comes to film but uh yeah a lockdown guy i think he is a future number one corner i think he could play immediately next year corner is very thin uh for the time being and just with all the injuries that happened last year i think he's a really good pickup i think that he is uh he yeah he's gonna be a great player at arizona i can say that uh with with all those big time offers, I don't think I can ever think of an instance where somewhere you know where Arizona was able to stave off that many um, offers. Really, it was just I mean it was yeah. it was like every day he was getting like one or two. Yeah, that, that that's is true. That's a great point, Brandon. It's something I was going to ask about. What is the difference with someone? Because listen, we were all pretty critical of a, this class when it was getting put together. And in all fairness to someone, he wasn't going to walk into Arizona in his first full recruiting cycle and, you know, be going toe-to-toe with, you know, Texas and and uh, USC and, and Oregon uh, on very many occasions and winning. But when we got guys – and so point being like when we kind of had these diamonds in the roughs or guys that were, were late to get a big offer sheet, with, with Rich Rod and – and I don't really remember it being an issue with Stoops, but I think Stoops was much more of a diamond in the rough guy than than people ever gave him credit for. Um, what is it about this coaching staff that's making these guys so consistently stay? We didn't we didn't have a ton of the typical because I mean, how many Rich Rod guys were like legit and then never made it to campus? Yeah. So in my opinion, I think that um, you know I, I said it before when the staff was put together not only are they um great teachers and great coaches um say what you will i mean there may have been some mistakes but um they're really good recruiters they're very relatable i remember when joe gilbert came on people were like oh man blah 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 blah. this guy not only put me in that group (laughs) yeah yeah, i mean this guy not only like turned that off like made a patchwork offensive line pretty much one of the most dominant in the in the Pac-12 this year. But he also managed just to recruit extremely well. You talk to any of the offensive line recruits, um, and I, I saw Sheer pointed out um, today as well on Twitter, like all these offensive line guys absolutely loved uh, Joe Gilbert. And, you know, I talked to a lot of defensive back guys. Yeah, we absolutely love John Rushing. We love, you know, Demetrius Martin. We uh, – we love Iona. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's these guys are like this, the staff is very highly criticized for reasons. I'm not entirely sure of, 
when it comes to the recruiting because like they're they're phenomenal recruiters like these kids uh haven't wavered you know some of them may have been like you know okay so i got some offers coming in let me take a look no okay i'm still sticking with arizona and i can't remember the last time that that has happened yeah i i think i tweeted about it a few days ago where it's just nice to finally have a class that you're not it's not like Devon Cooper, who was committed to Arizona and suddenly comes out with a top three the day before National Signing Day. <laughs> and uh, you just don't have a bunch of those guys where it's, you know, Bryce Brand or someone else. They just suddenly just drop Arizona and they're looking at all these other offers. Or there wasn't a guy who gets the Oregon offer and decommits three days later and then his recruitment kind of blows up either. A lot of these guys did start to get some bigger offers. Or had bigger offer list. Quibana uh, had quite the list. Jackson quite the list. Uh, Miles with the Oregon offer. Uh, Maurice Gaines with just a bunch of offers. And you know, they, even uh, they Jordan Morgan had USC. You know, yeah, Jordan Morgan. Uh, ASU USC came in late. Yeah, um, a, a lot of big. And Jamari Williams, another guy with a big, impressive offer list. Grant Cannell, obviously. And it's impressive to see that they were able to hold it down. There's not any uncertainty heading into the early signing period. And you're getting all of them locked up, even last year. Last year is the first year that they had this early signing period. You had maybe four guys who were committed to Arizona but did not sign until National Signing Day. So, you know, it's it's very interesting uh, in that regard, too, to see who wouldn't sign but now it looks like everyone's gonna sign uh chris Rollins deciding upon uh usc right now yep. um and we'll get to, i guess he is probably next uh on the corners but um yeah i mean it's, it's really nice to have that and i do think that the staff has done a tremendous job and uh that's some you know it might not be the most impressive class i do think this class has a chance to be uh a notch below the 2017 class uh, potentially above last year's class. I, I really liked that class as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I think uh, the way that they've been able to keep these guys has been very impressive. Nice. So uh, if you guys want to go to Chris Rowland next, uh, we certainly can. Why don't you guys uh, hit him up? And then there was another one I was thinking about hitting before we, we sign off on the defensive um, film study this session. So uh, let's move to Chris Rowland. Uh, he's uh, attending William Knight, um, six foot one eighty. Brandon, uh, it's about right. I haven't been able to get a hold of him. I've attempted to, and no response. All right, twenty four seven, eighty three point four three. And as Gabe alluded, uh, USC, who he's, um, you know. Uh, considering uh, also offers from Nevada, Oregon State, and New Mexico. Um, let's talk about him. So I really like Chris Rowland. I think that um, he could play safety, he could play corner, he could play wide receiver, he could play pretty much any position you'd want him to, minus the minus the line um, on either side. And he's, I mean, he's just, I mean, that USC offer definitely came in for a reason. Um, Arizona's going to have to work to keep him committed. Um, he's the only he's the only player I've I've not been able to confirm if he is signing or not. And like Gabe's saying, it's it's definitely most likely because he's mulling over. Okay, Arizona or USC. So with Arizona, like he definitely has that strong bond with with Demetrius Martin. Like that cannot be overstated. Um, and it definitely can't be overstated with how like important that actually is. Um, and then you know, with USC, it's it's a you know what Southern California kid wouldn't want a USC offer, so um, you know that's the major pull there. So uh, they just got their secondary coach. Uh, he coached Pete Carroll. I forgot his name. Was it Burns? Is that his last name? Burns. Yeah, I think it's Greg Burns. Actually. Greg Burns. Thank you. Yeah. So that name's pretty funny, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. I'm very interested to see what happens. I personally believe at this point, I think Arizona is going to keep them. Uh, talk to me after Wednesday. Um, but as of right now, the feeling is that, that that relationship with Demetrius Martin is going to be too much for USC to overcome. Um, so 
Yeah, I mean, that's just my thing. But, uh, you know, if Arizona is able to hold on to him, great kid. Uh, I, I, I would really, really can't wait for to see him on the football field. I think he's going to be um, – he's, he's going to have an immense future. So I think he is an <laughs> electrifying athlete, and I think he would be a fantastic wide receiver. I think his film is Cam Denson 3.0 without any injuries. <laughs> let's, uh, let's hope not, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and he'll start at wide receiver right away and not hopefully not corner, get burned, and then switch to wide receiver and have his confidence shot. Um, but uh, for and, and he played a lot of safety and wide receiver at high school, but there's really not a whole lot to his corner film. Uh, I mean, he's he's uh, – yeah, I'll say he's a freak athlete. He's just got insane athleticism. And so, you know, he, he should have some skills that translate over to corner. Uh, I, you know, I wouldn't be upset if he moves to safety, but then again, you have that backlog at safety where, you know, corner, I guess, makes more sense, but then you have Maurice Gaines coming in um, and then potentially Bobby Wolf as well. And... On offense, I think that Arizona is lacking some playmakers like him, um, and I think he can be an extraordinary receiver, and I'm surprised that USC is even looking at him as a safety. I would think that they would want him as kind of a— So they're uh, looking at him as a corner, dude. Or Yeah, cor- even on defense. I, I would imagine like they would want him as like a Juju Smith type of guy. Um, he's just such a great athlete, but— uh, to me, it's very interesting. It'll be interesting to see what he does in the next few days or if he even signs and he'll just hold off till national signing day. So uh, very interesting there. And then I guess while we're on it and while I was thinking about it, very sad that uh, Logan Wilson, a one-time Arizona commit, committed to Kansas State. I think that he was one of the better corners on Arizona's list. Um, I am happy with Maurice Gaines, and I will be happy with Bobby Wolf, but uh, R.I.P. Logan Wilson to Arizona. <laughs> that's too funny, Gabe. And you keep like totally foreshadowing the next guy, so that's awesome. Um, well, so <clears throat> now that you mentioned it, let's go ahead and uh, move on to Bobby. Um, <clears throat> is he going to sign on uh, early signing day? He's he's scheduled to, right, guys, or or no? I would I would be one hundred percent shocked if he doesn't. All right, I love it. All right, six foot one, one eighty, Brandon. Uh, I reached out to him. I haven't got anything back, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, honestly. <laughs> Fair enough, Madison. Um, uh, high school uh, composite eighty nine point five eight. Um, yeah, no kidding. Um, uh, uh, Arkansas, Texas A&M, Old Miss, Baylor. Do you guys want to throw out any more offers to to wow the a, listeners a, with? A ton. A ton. <laughs> Georgia, LSU, Georgia, yeah, Oregon, nice. Tennessee, Texas, Florida. That's, oh, it goes on. It goes on. Love it. All right. Well, tell us all about them, guys. I stay one starter. <laughs> if not day one starter, at least day one contributor. I mean, there's not much to say about that. Like corner, like Gabe was saying, corner is very thin. They need help, and Bobby is that guy. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, it is interesting because you have Lorenzo Burns and Jace Whitaker. Uh, I imagine he is heavily in the rotation, regardless of uh, Jace Whitaker and his health, even if he is 100% next year. This is a legitimate four-star guy here with some size at 6'1". Probably can get to 190 before the season even starts. Uh, huge offer list. Uh, was he previously committed to a and or He was, it was committed to, oh, what was it? He's committed to Ole Miss and A&M twice. Oh, oh that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's definitely had some some uh decommitments come up but um you know just that relationship with kevin sumlin seems to have uh really paid off since he's come here to arizona and yeah i mean he's going to be an absolute stud at arizona i think uh day one 
uh, I mean, co-starter, I guess, if you want to throw him out there. And, I mean, I think he's NFL-bound in three years, potentially. Yeah, man, his feet are just so... Smoke. So good, yeah. His, so good. His backpedal. He looks like you know he's been. He was just born to do that, and he's just he's like he's like mercury out there. It's just just liquid. He goes everywhere. So um, yeah, I was looking at the all time top commits to Arizona. Ironically, number seven is Cam Denson. So at at uh, eighty nine point five eight, not quite cracking the list with uh, the Devin Rosses, the Mike Bells, the Nick Costas, the Gronks, the Goldens. Uh, but boy, I sure would take Robbie Golden again. Um, yeah. And Cam Denson is up there, ironically. So, um, so I, yeah, I was kind of trying to hold off on Bobby Wolf because I wanted that to be the the you know, the, the exclamation point on the, on the recruiting class. Um, he would be that kind of, uh, along with some offensive guys we'll talk about tomorrow, that sort of exclamation point on, uh, Kevin Sumlin's, um, recruiting class. And, and just, I think, I hope, I sincerely hope sort of the tip of the iceberg for someone as far as, um, as, bringing his recruiting prowess to Arizona and, and delivering on that with really only his first full recruiting cycle more to come and hopefully with success on the team on the field, uh, you know, even stronger, uh, success in that regard. Uh, do you guys have any wrap up comments or anything we failed to cover tonight? Uh, there's going to be some, uh, just, just expect Arizona to, uh, finish the class off strong. Gabe and I have been super excited for, this day for weeks maybe months now because of you know how it's going to finish out so it's going to be it's it's going to be something that you know everyone has been expecting for you know for seven uh, kevin someone in this staff so just just hold on to your butts spoiler alert we're going to finish up with the wide receivers tomorrow right Ah, (laughs) all right guys bear down bear down bear down peace out